Amen. Well, Marvin, as you were telling me you were never going to forgive me, um, a story came to my mind. So this isn't a part of the sermon. It's just something that came to my mind. When my mom was um, in her younger years and my grandmother was still alive, my grandmother was not an educated woman. She probably graduated from grade school. And um, my mom walked into her home one day and saw her mother reading this book. And mom said, well, mom, are you having trouble with that book? Can, can you understand all the words in that book? And she said, oh, I just say Charlie when I come to a word I don't understand and I move on. You could have said Charlie a few times there. That's right. Well, we're finishing the sermon series on Ezra today, and you might just be like me and think, I'm glad this is over. And I'm the one who picked it out, you know? Um, Ezra is a complicated book, but it's full, so rich and full of God's character. We see God's character over and over and over again. Over the last few weeks, we talked about some important themes that run through this ancient text. We talked about God's faithfulness, that God's promises are bigger than any circumstance we find ourselves in. We talked about God's providence, that God will use improbable people to do impossible things. And last week, Pastor Tim talked about the foundation of worship. And that God is at home in every hallelujah. And as a result, we are walking and talking hallelujahs. Can I hear a hallelujah out there? That's right. We're walking, talking hallelujahs. And this week, I will finish up with Ezra as he teaches us about God's sovereign power and God's goodness. God's goodness. Now, you might be wondering how I'm going to tie this into Mother's Day, right? Well, I'm, more, I'm wondering that too. I, I will be focusing more on what Ezra teaches us about God's goodness today than on the celebration of Mother's Day. Yet I will tell you that it was the women of my family who taught me of God's goodness, of God's faithfulness, of God's providence, of God's love, and taught me how to worship, brought me to worship every week, even if I stayed up too late the night before and would drag me out of bed and say, Terry Sue, you're getting up and going to worship with me. It was the women who taught me about God's faithfulness. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, we pray that we might be met by you, that your Holy Spirit might wash over us for what you would have to say to each and every heart today. I pray, oh God, that you would touch my mind, you would touch my heart, my lips, my tongue, my voice, that I might proclaim your goodness. May the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, and I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, the exiles are partying. They have completed the house of God. They are now participating in the acts of worship offering sacrifices, and celebrating the Passover. They have finished the work and are joyfully celebrating and worshiping God. They celebrate God's goodness that has seen them through to completion. Now, 
would like for you to repeat after me. God will see you through to something new. Yes, God will see you through to something new. When I first began ministry many years ago, one of the proclamations of praise was this, and I bet you recognize it and can fill in the blank. God is good all the time, and all the time, that's right. And I still say this proclamation quite often. It's a faith statement and a reminder that God will see me through the most difficult of times. However, as we look at the world around us today, most of us would question this proclamation from time to time. And if you haven't struggled with the question of God's goodness in a broken world, I would be surprised. Every generation has had a tragic event that has shaped them. World War I, World War II, Korean War, Vietnam War, the assassination of John F. Kennedy, the explosion of the Challenger, and 9-11, just to name a few. Why does God allow evil or tragedy to exist? It is the million-dollar question. And I have a great answer. I don't know. I don't know. It has a lot to do with the free will of humanity, yet the answer is something that is bigger than I have the ability to answer. It's bigger than Marvin can answer. It's bigger than Deb can answer. It's bigger than any pastor can answer. And if you ever have anyone who tells you no, they know exactly the answer, I'm going to tell you this. Run, Forrest, run. For the Hebrew people, the tragedy or the evil that they had experienced that had shaped their world was by far the invasion of Babylon and the exile of their people. They had suffered at the hands of the invading power. People they loved were executed right in front of their eyes. And the rest were taken off to be slaves in foreign lands. Their homes, their market, their place of worship had been destroyed. They had lived far from their homeland for over 50 years. And now they're allowed to come home. And in today's reading, we hear the completion and the dedication of the house of God, the temple. And God's goodness had seen them through those years, those years of heartache, and had brought them to this new time. God was doing something new. The first proclamation of this is heard from chapter 3 as the Hebrew people lay the foundation of the temple. When the builders laid the foundation of the Lord's temple, the priests clothed, clothed in their vests and carrying their trumpets and the Levites, the son of Charlie. Did you get that, Marvin? with symbols, arose to praise the Lord according to the directions of Israel's King David. They praised and gave thanks to the Lord, singing responsively, He is good. His graciousness for Israel lasts forever. He is good. His graciousness for Israel lasts forever. 
They celebrated God's favor and blessing upon them and recognizing that they had been allowed to return as a remnant of the people. The restoration of the altar, the motivation and support of Haggai and Zechariah the prophets, the freedom to continue building even through conflict, and, and the provided financial resources of the reconstruction and the maintenance of God's house from the treasury under these kings, King Cyrus, King Darius, and King Artaxerxes. In all of this, they could see God's goodness and they could see God's sovereign power. And all of these accomplishments were testimonies. They now were living testimonies, the walking and talking hallelujahs. They were the testimonies of God's goodness and now they are celebrating the Passover. If you remember, Passover was the celebration of God's deliverance from slavery in Egypt, and they were remembering now. So can you imagine the feeling that they had as they celebrated this first Passover in the new temple? They too had been delivered. And God's goodness and power were being experienced in this new way. God had seen them through to something new. How has God seen you through? Think about that question for just a moment. How has God in your life seen you through? I would dare say we all have had trials. Amen? Can I hear an amen from all you out there? Have you had trials in your life? And some are, uh, are bigger than others. But we've all had what I would call storms of life. Pastor Tony Evans is a pastor I like to listen to on occasions, and he talks about faith in the storms of life. And he says, trials are tough, especially when they're deep. When they're deep. They're not like the rain shower we had this morning. No. They're like the thunderstorms that roll through and continue to roll through. When, when storms linger, it affects every area of our being. We're, we're affected in these ways physically, socially, emotionally, and economically. And, and that is when our faith has to kick in. That's when we have to dig deep for our faith. And Evan says, anyone can trust God on a sunshiny day. Anyone can trust God when the flowers are blooming, the birds are singing, and the butterflies are floating through there. Anybody on those days can say, God is good. And all the time, we can all say that on those beautiful days, right? But can you say God is good when the lightning bolts hit and the thunderstorm is rolling through and lingering? when the rain is stinging your face? Can you say God is good when you're being attacked at every turn? Or have you lost your job or your friendships or your health or your retirement? Can you say God is good when you're terrified and everything around you is making you question? The Gospels tell us a story, a story of Jesus with the disciples in the midst 
of a storm. It's probably one of my favorite stories in the gospel. You can find it in the Synoptic Gospels, Mark chapter 4 and Luke and Matthew, both in chapter 8. I'm going to be reading from 4, Mark chapter 4. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. Get that? The first thing is they have to go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. And other boats were with them. And a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. Can you get that picture? It's hard for us to get a picture of this little boat on the Lake of Galilee being filled up with water. But the winds would come in quick on that lake. And there would be gale force winds that would bring water into these little boats. And so the waves are crashing in. But he was in the stern. Jesus was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Jesus asks a good question. It's a question for us, too, in the storms of our own life. Where is your faith? Have you still no faith? The storm is rolling through. The waves are crashing in and the disciples are terrified. They wake up the master and say, we're going to drown. Now, I can relate with the disciples, can you? Just like I can relate to the Hebrew people during their time of exile. When the storm is rolling through, it's natural to be frightened. Because it's out of our control. We feel like we are going to drown from the waves that are crashing in. Waves of stress, waves of anxiety, waves of sickness, waves of scarcity, waves of doubt or anger or frustration. Well, you know the waves that have hit you in your storms. I don't have to name them for you. You can automatically go, what waves have hit me during my times of trouble or trial? When I was younger and living in my mother's home, when I would face one of those trials, 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 nope. When I would face one of those trials in my life, I would go to my mom. And I'd want to talk with my mom about it. And one of the things that my mom taught me is I couldn't go around my problem. I couldn't go under my problem. I couldn't go over my problem. I had to go through my problem. You hear me, church? 
Sometimes we just have to go through it. But the other thing she taught me was that I was not alone going through it. That I had God with me every step of the way. She'd say, Terry Sue, you've got to trust and you've got to obey. I didn't really like the word obey a lot. Still don't. But that's just life. You got to trust and you got to obey. We've all felt like this. Jesus, do you not care that I'm perishing? Do you not care? Do you not care about the pain that I'm going through? Do you not care about the tragedy that I'm dealing with? It is the million dollar question, right? The question that we have no answers for. Why? But here's the key. Jesus is in the boat with us, church. Jesus is in the storm with us. And as the waves come crashing in, we are not alone. Jesus does care. And he says, peace, be still. Sometimes we just have to reach in and dig down deep to find that peace. God will see us through because God walks with us and journeys with us. God will see you through to something new. Remember, the disciples reached the other side. And so will we. God is good. And all the time, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing our closing hymn.